This is Photo BizX, episode number 467, and today we are talking specifically about the LGBTQ plus community and how you can attract more of those clients to your photography business, or more importantly, not push them away by the language you're using or not using on your website copy, your marketing material, your advertising, and even the way you speak. Our special guest is an expert in this area. I'm talking about wedding photographer Hank Paul, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I'm not sure if you could detect from that earlier intro that I was even trying to be careful about the way I worded things in that part of this episode. And I can tell you those same concerns and worries will continue on throughout today's interview with Hank. Uh, it really was a minefield for me because I was so afraid of saying the wrong thing or, or not actually knowing what the right way to say things were. <laughs> I'm sure you'll hear and, and sense that from the interview. Maybe you're in the same boat. Maybe you're totally at ease dealing with talking to or about the LGBTQ plus community. Linda and I have a couple of fantastic friends, lesbian friends. And to be honest, I don't actually give the way I speak to, to them to Laura and Danielle, any real thought. I just talk to them like I do any other friends <laughs> that we have. You know, I'm not worried about putting my, my foot in my mouth when I talk to them, uh, even if it is about topics related to the LGBTQ plus community. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to your thoughts, your feedback following today's interview with Hank, and I'll be especially curious to know if you go ahead and make any changes to your website copy, to the language you use, or if you implement any of the things that we cover in this interview that's coming up in just a minute. As far as me and my week is concerned, you may already know if you're up to date with the podcast or you're a premium member that I am heading off to Spain. In fact, this episode should be theoretically going live and being made available to you while I'm in transit to Barcelona. That is the plan anyway. He's hoping that technology works the way it is designed to work. Uh, I'll be heading over for eight weeks. I've got four weeks in Girona, which is just north of Barcelona. I'll be cycling there with a bunch of friends. And then the rest of our group will be arriving into Barcelona on the 1st of July for a three and a half week tour around France where we'll be cycling the mountains of the Tour de France and even catching one of the days of the tour in July. So a massive couple of months coming up. The podcast will be coming out to you weekly as it normally does. I've got some great guests lined up over the next eight weeks. So there shouldn't be any interruptions at all. Although the podcast may be out a day or two late here or there. I'm hoping that won't be the case, but it could be. I also mentioned last week that I broke my wrist. I had a fall on my bike. I am very luckily able to still ride. I'm wearing a wrist splint, a brace or a removable cast if you like. And yeah, I'm just going to have to deal with that and put up with that over the next few weeks. But that is a small price to pay because I, I honestly thought that was it. The trip was going to be over. So thankfully, it's all systems go. It's just a matter of avoiding COVID before we board the flights and it'll be all systems go for the holiday. 
Anyway, enough about my holidays. I'll keep you updated of where I am and what's happening briefly in the upcoming interviews over the next eight weeks. And now, a macro look at our last episode. If you haven't had a chance to catch last week's interview with Helen Shriver from the UK, make sure you get back and have a listen to that one. Helen has made some huge progress in her business over the last 12 or so months. She is a documentary style portrait photographer based in the UK. And I guess to sum up the interview, she basically tripled her prices and has never looked back, which sounds terrifying. And you'll hear that she said, yes, it was a little bit scary, but she has tripled her prices. She's now working less and making more money as a result. So it really is an incredible story. And you'll be happy to know that if you are a UK photographer, although Helen was primarily targeting clients from London, she doesn't live in London. And now she's finding, even with her new pricing, that she's able to find her ideal clients closer to home now that she has the confidence in her own pricing. So a real eye-opening and informative interview from Helen. Make sure you get back and have a listen to that one if you haven't caught it. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Okay, we're going to jump into this interview with Hank Paul in just a second. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, all that means is you won't hear the full interview today. I am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. So if you want to hear more about the advertising and the nitty gritty on the topics that we cover in the first half of this interview, the easiest way to do that is to grab a trial, a premium trial membership. It's a 30-day membership for $1.00. And you can get access to the full interview today with Hank. You can access the full back catalogue. You can come and check out the members Facebook group and see what you're missing out on every single week with every interview guest. The details on that trial are at photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest is Hank Paul. He's a Sydney-based wedding photographer who reached out to me as an expert on being queer inclusive in his photography business. He said in his email to me, some possible topics that he could cover include deconstructing gender norms in wedding photography, how to be a more inclusive photographer, the value of niche marketing, and queer visibility with your business. A day or so later, I received a message from Ali Stewart-Ross, a longtime premium member and a recent interviewee who wrote me, saying, I listened to an interesting Aussie photographer last night, and I think he'd be great for the podcast. He's offering queer ally advice on how to get your wedding business LGBTQ plus inclusive and friendly. Ali went on to say, I don't do weddings, but I've already changed a couple of things on my website from what he shared. So I took Ali's message as a sign, and I'm wrapped to say that I have Hank with us now. Hank, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks, Andrew. And that's really lovely. Thank you, Ali, as well. I didn't know that that had happened. <laughs> yeah, it was totally bizarre, out of the blue. And I thought, this is so strange. I've just got an email from you. Look, Hank, I'm going to start. Well, first of all, are you gay yourself? Yeah, I'm gay. I really like the term queer for myself. That's just how I like to identify. But I think gay is something that most people really easily understand. So absolutely. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> now, the really funny thing is, I was tossing up, what should I ask you first in my head, even before I asked you that question? And (laughs) what I was tossing up was between asking you whether or not you're gay. And the other thing I was going to say first is, 
Mate, I am going to be so far out of my depth here. Now, <laughs> I, I have gay friends, but I just think of them as my friends. So I don't sort of dance around the terms or the terminology. I don't think of them as any different to me. We just have robust, fun conversations. So if I overstep the line, if I use the wrong terminology, can you please take the reins and let me know? 100% Andrew, absolutely. I think that especially within, um, uh, yeah, I guess it's, I was going to say especially within the photo space, but it is more broadly, a lot of people do feel a little bit uncomfortable if it's not something that they talk about all the time. And so I suppose let's preface this entire conversation with the fact that it's going to be a really safe space for you, Andrew, and for the listeners that if there's anything that they're not sure about, or they might have odd questions or think that they're stupid questions. Like there's, that's not the case. And I think the, what I want to underpin our conversation with is just that there's a heart of openness and the intent behind why we have this conversation is because we want to be better humans. And if that's where we're coming from, then there's nothing that you could say that would offend me or that I would feel like is out of line. God, okay, that is awesome to hear. And I'm going to take the role of the person asking the stupid question. Go for it. <laughs> because I'm just going to say, I think, you know, what I think is right or, you know, how I would say it in real life to my friends. And you can, like, again, I really want you to tell me if that's not the best approach because I think that'll help the listener as well. Um, when I asked you, are you gay? Like, you straight away, you corrected me and you said, I prefer the term queer. So, like, if I was going to ask a couple who were thinking about booking me, can I actually ask them that? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that question. So I don't mind people asking me, but that's because it's a really big part of my life and my identity at the moment. And, and the brand that I've built and the life that I've built is, is very much that I spend a lot of time in this kind of advocacy space around queer inclusion. So for me, it's a non-issue. But I think the other thing is to keep in mind that Hank probably seven years ago, I hated that question because I wasn't comfortable with my own identity and was not ready to share that with everyone in the world. So I would probably say just in a social setting, it's not necessarily a question that needs to be asked unless someone gives you an indication that they might be talking about something to do with their queerness. And you could get some clarity on that. Like, oh, so sorry, are you, are you part of the queer community or do you identify as, as LGBTQ plus? I think that if they've already given you a little indication of that in what they've said, but I certainly wouldn't ask that up front of just anybody. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then to come back to that question about like, in terms of asking clients specifically in the wedding space, if you really want to know, then you could have a little drop down menu in a contact form to say like, how do you identify and have different options for people to, to tick or actually scrap that. Don't do the drop down form to have a blank, a blank space. And you can just ask, like, how do you identify as a couple? And you could give examples of, you know, are you hetero? Are you queer? Are you gay? And that they can opt into telling you. But yeah, honestly, I don't think it's the most relevant thing to know, like that you need to know about your clients, because as I'm sure we're going to get into, Andrew, I think what true equality and inclusion is, is that everyone's included. Everyone's part of the same conversation. So we don't need to have specific things to only address you know, the queer community, like actually if we work to inclusify our business, that's so that our business can speak to and speak for everyone. Got it. So what's the difference between queer and gay? Mm, yeah. Great question. So 
It's funny, I was just talking to my therapist about this yesterday. (laughs) Uh, So my therapist is also queer and asked me after three or four years of me seeing him, you know, as a client, and he's like, I called you gay the last time we met up and I thought I'd just double check. Are you gay? I'm like, yeah, I'm gay, but I'm also queer. And they're like, oh, that's what I thought. So for me, it's a both and in terms of my personal identity Gay, very, very simply, is that's my sexual orientation. So I'm a man and I'm into men. So that's what gay is to me. But queer, I think, just has a little bit more, there's a few layers to it. And so what queer means to me is a little bit more of like breaking the binary of gender. You know, I embrace a little bit more of my feminine side and don't necessarily feel so stuck to what the societal norms around gender is. I still identify as, or I'm still a man, but I think that my queerness, there's, there's just an element of like, well, I can kind of just be a bit more fluid and experiment more. And yeah, I, I don't know if that's very helpful, but as I said, it's layered. So another layer for me is like my queerness that, that kind of encompasses a community that I inherited when I you know, came out and that I'm part of this vibrant, inclusive, beautiful, loving community of other queer people. And the term queer is one that is non-hierarchical. It's degendered. It's something that if you uh, identify outside of the norm of cisgender and heterosexual, then queer is probably a really great umbrella term for, for all of those people. So that's part of it for me as well. But, you know, I think that Again, when we talk about these things, queer inclusion is really about acknowledging that people are different and people have different ideas and say different things. And for me, I love the word queer, but you probably might meet someone, you know, someone in their 70s who queer was a term that was used as a derogatory, you know, like to put people down. And so they might not actually really like that word at all. But I'm part of a generation that's really reclaimed that term and and embraced it for what it can represent. Okay. So what's your partner's name? I don't have a partner. I'm single, Andrew. So if anyone's listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the reason I asked you, I was going to say, so if you had a partner, they could theoretically identify as gay, not queer. It's just a personal preference. Is that what you're saying? Totally. Right. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, I think that there's definitely a conversation that's being had at the moment around the use of queer as an umbrella term versus the use of LGBTQ+, which is something that you said earlier. And where I would kind of advise people to use those different terms is queer is something that's a really good term if you're mirroring someone else. So for the sake of this conversation, Andrew, As you know, I love the word queer, very happy for you to be using that term with me and when we talk about inclusion today. But if you haven't heard somebody say that and in a different context, then maybe sticking with something like LGBTQ plus is just like a safer umbrella term. It's still an umbrella term, but it doesn't carry any connotations. Right. So if you or if I, I guess a better example is if I have a couple in front of me, a same sex couple and they're looking to book me for their wedding or for a family session or a couple session, is it a good idea for me to ask them, you know, do you prefer the term gay or queer? Or does that not even come up? I think if you want to know, then that's an appropriate question to ask. Yeah. Um, I think that I would rewind a little bit and let's talk about that term same sex, because I know that same sex is something that 
especially when we had here in Australia, we had that that plebiscite voting for marriage equality. And the question was specifically around same-sex couples. And then in the US, when the Supreme Court decision was handed down in 2015, that was also using the term same-sex couples. But where we're at now, it's 2022. And we're finding within the queer community, a lot of people who are seeing themselves as non-binary and outside of kind of the gender norms of just male and female. And same sex is something that it's like, great. Well, if you've got two men getting married, yes, they technically are a same sex couple, but there's just, again, there's a lot of depth and layers to how people might identify. And, and so again, I would say if you've got a couple in front of you, they're probably a queer couple or an LGBTQ plus couple, rather than using a term same sex couple. I think same sex is Uh, it's a bit of an outdated term now because it still locks people into something that is quite binary. Right. So is this now where you're talking about someone that maybe has, you know, was born a male, but identifies as a female? So that comes under the term transgender, which is kind of the T in, in LGBT. So for them, they actually might want their gender affirmed as, as female, but I think it's, I'm speaking as broad terms, um, moving away from the term same-sex couple and moving toward the term LGBTQ plus couple or queer couple. Right. Okay. Unless the couples say how they want to be referred to. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. So if they say we're gay or we're queer, then that's the term I would run with as a photographer or a service provider with that couple. Yeah. And yeah, I think maybe now that we're just kind of, I'm processing some of these questions and sorry that we're taking a while to get to the answer, but maybe it's about opening up the space for, rather than asking really direct questions about like, so are you a gay couple or are you a queer couple? Maybe it's more like, Hey, so I just really want to know what is the right language that's going to make you feel safe. And they can then say, Oh, we're fine with anything. We're really relaxed. We're really comfortable. Or they might say, well, actually, we really don't like the term gay, so please call us a lesbian couple, or we really don't like the term queer, please refer to us as an LGBTQ plus couple. Like having open-ended questions of what language is going to make you feel safe, or is there anything that I need to know for you to feel like you can be your authentic selves around me? Those sorts of questions are probably really good to ask. Right. Is safe is that the right word? I mean, I know you, I, I've heard that word a lot. I'm hearing you use it now. Do some couples feel unsafe? Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think like since launching my ally training, Andrew, I've kind of had this wave of communication from people all over the world who are telling me all these stories of, you know, couples who hire vendors for their wedding, who the vendors themselves might have a little rainbow flag on their website. So they think, okay, great. This is an inclusive wedding vendor. Let's hire them for our wedding. And then on the day, the wedding vendor is using the wrong pronouns with them or, you know, referring to them with language that makes them feel like they're not being seen or not being heard. And the reality is that a lot of queer people have an extra level of trauma and discrimination that we've experienced in the past and continue to experience. And of course, it's really specific to where you are in the world, but the reality is, and, and, you know, the day that we're recording this today, Andrew, like there is a lot of talk in the lead up to the Australian federal election around transgender women. And 
transgender women are not feeling safe in Australia at the moment. And I mean, again, looking globally, we look at what's happening in Florida and, and in Texas, like there is a lot of attacks against the trans community specifically, but more broadly, like queer people do experience discrimination. And so safety should be a priority for us as business owners when we want people to come and spend money in our businesses, which is absolutely what we need to, you know, to keep doing what we love. But we don't want people walking away thinking that we are unsafe or that we you know, made them feel like they couldn't be true to who they are. And especially, especially if we're photographing a wedding day, like that's our goal is we just want to document them for their authentic selves. We want to see them for who they are and how they love and how they want to be affectionate with the person that they love. And if we aren't creating that environment, then actually I think we're doing a disservice to the photos that we take. Sure, sure. You know, in regards to those examples that you gave about, let's say I was a photographer who had a little rainbow symbol on my website or in my communications. So, you know, I'm indicating that I am an all-inclusive photography business. But like you've already pointed out, I'm inadvertently using the wrong term. So I want my couples to feel safe and I feel like I'm an inclusive photographer in person but I might be giving off the wrong signals because I'm outdated or a little bit older. Mm. So is that the kind of stuff that you're trying to help photographers with? hundred percent, Andrew. Yeah. I think ultimately, again, it's that what's the intent. So I already recognized in this conversation that your heart is like, I want to do the best that I can here. And I'm here to learn and, and actually figure out like what needs to change. And so that's like step number one. And that's the you know, the bare minimum that I would ask of anyone, you know, and if you're not willing to listen and have those conversations, then I think like that's the point where it's like, well, that's not allyship at all. So I think like where we're at at the moment is we've got, we're interested, we want to learn, we want to be better. Great. That's the beginning of being an ally for the queer community. So then it's recognizing, all right, well, these are the things that I want to learn about. Now I've got to go and do the work. I've got to go and actually learn those things. And so I offer queer wedding ally training as something specifically for people in the wedding industry to address all of the, you know, weddings are very gendered. We've got a bride and a groom in every setting of a wedding and figuring out, well, how do we kind of move away from being just about bride and grooms and turn to being about all couples? And so there's a lot of things that we can do that we can, we can update the language on our website. We can start to be more conscious of the words that we say to groups of people. Ladies and gentlemen, for example, is a very binary phrase that most people would say to a large group of people. And if you're not even aware of it, then of course you can't update those things and learn to be conscious of those things. So yeah, I, I forget your question, but I think it's like step one is, okay, I've got work to do. Recognize within yourself, I've got to actually do some work. And so then step two is great. Well, where do I do the work? Well, I would say come sign up for my ally training, but you know, there are so many places that you can go on the internet and social media is incredible for finding queer inclusive content and things that are going to teach you and educate you on, you know, what are best practices in, in the space of inclusion. Cool. Mate, you just said like ladies and gentlemen isn't inclusive, but doesn't that still fit everyone? You know, whether you're gay, queer, LBGTQ+, you still are a lady or a gentleman, aren't you? 
No, no, not at the moment. Um, oh, man. <laughs> so what we're seeing, Andrew, is that there's a lot of people who are kind of finding their identity outside of the binary of a lady or a gentleman. So this term non-binary is something that has really picked up a lot of momentum in probably the last five years or so, but it's for people who don't see themselves within either box of man or woman. And that, you know, it's possibly that they are gender fluid and they want to, you know, kind of explore both identities for themselves. It's for people who reject both identities and say, I'm neither of those. So there's more than, you know, rather than just saying there's these two gender identities, it's actually, we sit on a spectrum and there are people who sit in the middle, in between people who sit outside of And so ladies and gentlemen, isn't fully inclusive because there are people who won't identify as a lady or a gentleman. So if you're organizing a group portrait with, you know, both sides of the family or one side of the family and there's men and women or however people identify in the group, what do you say? I'd say, hey, everyone. Hey, folks. (laughs) Hey, friends and family. We're getting everyone together. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of language that you can use to refer to a group that doesn't need to gender the people in the group. Okay. All right. <laughs> Man. Okay. Let me take it in another direction quickly and then we'll come back to being all inclusive. Sure. What about the listener, the photographer who's thinking, you know what, this is way too much work for me. I would just rather focus on hetero couples. That's where my business is. That's where, <laughs> that, that's who I want to focus on with my business. Yeah. Can I easily do that without, you know, outwardly pushing LBGTQ plus people away? I mean, they they want to push them away, but without being rude about it. Mm, Okay. I'm trying to decide how to answer this question because there's a few ways. There's like the altruistic way that you could approach that answer, which is like, do you want to be a good citizen in the world? And we can talk about that. Or there's the capitalist answer to that, which is where's follow the money and where's your business going to be in 10 years from now? In 10 years from now, Andrew, one in six weddings will be queer weddings. We are seeing a huge move toward rejecting the cishet identity of just, you know, being straight and being male or female. Younger people who are teenagers at the moment are really just embracing gender fluidity and the non-binary and, you know, being fluid with their sexuality. And so more and more people are as kind of, you know, the generation is getting older, more and more people are coming out as queer. And that also has to do with greater acceptance within society of queer people. And as you know, we've experienced in the last five or 10 years is rights being given to queer people. So we are seeing this big wave of queer people coming, coming out and growing up. So 10 years from now, if you are not up to speed with what it means to be inclusive in your business, and that's any business, you're going to stand out like a sore thumb. So I would say purely for the sake of your business, you probably want to get on top of this because there's money that you're going to leave on the table that you don't want to miss out on. But the altruistic thing is as well, it's like, have you ever felt like you can't be yourself in a space? And it can be really hard if we carry a lot of privilege. So you know, white people, we have a lot of privilege. You and I are white, Andrew. And then men, you and I are men, and we carry a lot of privilege as well. But if we can think back to a time in our lives or an event or an experience we had 
we felt like we needed to come in and not be fully ourselves. And that's always an uncomfortable feeling, regardless of who you are and how you identify. What we're doing by making our businesses more inclusive is saying, when you interact with my business, you get to be 100% yourself. I will affirm and celebrate you for who you are, and I will love and see you for that. And that's my duty as a human being. Like, I mean, I'm projecting, you know, like maybe that you don't sense that that's your duty as a human being, but I would hope that there is an element of that in why you want to be more inclusive in your business. Yeah. Okay. Let me give you a different way to think about it. Let's say I've grown up as a photographer. I've been in business for, let's say 10 or 15 years. My whole life I photographed you know, heterosexual couples and I know how to pose and work with them. My business is good, it's successful, it's profitable. Like I don't feel like I can serve a gay couple as well because I just haven't had experience posing them. I'm not going to do them as good a job as I would a heterosexual couple. So I really shouldn't be booking that couple anyway because I'll be doing them a disservice. Yeah, that's interesting. So shouldn't I be letting them know I'm not the best photographer for them? But then I don't want to get labelled as non-inclusive by the couple and be, you know, shamed on social media. Yeah, that's a really interesting perspective, Andrew. And I think I would still then put it down to if you've made a decision that it's not within your financial interest and it's also not within altruistic interest for you to be more inclusive, then you're probably right. Inclusion is maybe not a strategy that you need to worry about. You know, for myself, I would go, great. Well, that's also not a person that I would spend money with. I get maybe 50% of my clients come through and inquire with me are still heterosexual, but there's always a comment of, oh, I have a sibling who's non-binary who's going to be in my wedding party. So I want to make sure that they feel safe with our photographer or I'm a, you know, the clients are like, we're big allies and advocates for the queer community and we love what you do. So we want to hire you. So even if all you want to do is work with straight people, straight people also support the queer community. And so there's, again, there's still like, there's benefits to being an ally that are beyond just, you know, making money within the queer community, but also, yeah, I do think that people are going to see through it. Um, people are already seeing through it, but it's only going to get more common that people will see through it and say, well, you haven't done the work and you aren't trying to be inclusive. So maybe this isn't the business for me, regardless of if they're straight or not. So yeah, I think you make a really good point. And again, it's like, well, you are an autonomous business owner and you can make those decisions based on what you think is right for you. But if you're too worried or too scared about how do I pose a queer couple, I mean, sign up for my training. I'll help you out with that. Uh, if, you're, if you're too worried or scared about saying the wrong thing, well, sign up for my training and I'll help you with that. Like, It's like, are you making that decision out of fear or are you making that decision because you've decided this is the right thing? And so I would maybe just challenge people that what's your motivation behind it? Cool. Yeah, that's great. And look, there's probably uh, or there will be, you know, a listener or listeners out there that are set in their ways. They want to keep doing what they're doing. I think we've sort of explored that side enough and I'm happy to sort of to leave them, you know, there here in the conversation. Yeah. Um, and we'll push on and explore how people can be more inclusive from here on in. Sure. I would also say, Andrew, like you're right. There are people who are set in their ways and let's be honest, they probably didn't click download on this episode in the first place. <laughs> so there are a hundred percent, there are people in the world who aren't interested and, you know, 
that's not my focus. I want to speak to and talk to the people who are like, oh yeah, I don't know much about this and I do feel a bit awkward. Can I learn some more so I feel less awkward? Well, that's me. So that's perfect. Perfect. So one of the one of the things I was going to ask you about, and you even alluded to the fact that when I clicked on some of your links to learn more about you and your wedding photography business, you know, the first link that came up for a featured couple was a heterosexual couple. And I thought, wow, I was expecting to see predominantly gay or LBGTQ plus couples on your website. And that wasn't the case. So anytime you're booked by a heterosexual couple, a straight couple, is there always some underlying decision related to the LBGTQ plus community? You know, reason why they book you? Um, I wonder what link you clicked on, Andrew, because now, and maybe it was also just like a couple of months ago that you clicked on it. But now the first image on my homepage is of a queer couple and I get a lot of comments about that. So, Okay, so this was a link from your Instagram, even today. Oh, sure. Okay. All right. I'll have to look into that. But on my homepage, first couple you see is a beautiful queer couple and just like gorgeous humans. They are such a delight and I love them to bits. Yeah. So I was wondering if the straight couples that you do photograph, do they have some kind of tie in to the queer community? So for me, what I do, you know, within the wedding space, obviously we only really need 40 paying clients every year to be able to do what we love and to make a living. So it's a really small number of sales that we need to make each year. I would much rather, or I'm of the opinion that niche marketing is the way to go when you only need a small number of sales. So what I do, Andrew, is I have made a really big, to communicate my values across my website and my content, social media, all of that, to communicate my values to people who find me and that if I can align with their values, then they're more likely to book me. So I've got on my homepage or in my menu, not my homepage, but in my main menu, people can click to read my value statement, which underscores you know, that I value sustainability and justice and generosity and inclusion these sorts of values that I live by in my personal life that I also let influence the business that I build. So I'm a values-driven marketer at the moment. And what that means is everyone who lands on my page and who submits a contact form, before they've done that, they're really clear on what I stand for and also what I stand against. And whether they know that I'm queer or not at that stage and whether they are queer themselves or not, nine times out of 10, it's the lead comes in and it's, we love that you are carbon neutral, or we love that you are an advocate for queer rights, or we love that you plant a tree for every wedding that you book. So those sorts of things that really kind of drive the motivation behind why someone might want to book me. Okay. But predominantly, is it queer couples or people, you know, that have queer family members that are booking you if they are heterosexual? I would say it's probably 50-50. So I market myself as an inclusive and sustainable wedding photographer. So it's probably split evenly between the queer folks and their allies and vegans, really. (laughs) And vegans. (laughs) Another niche. So why not, you know, taking what you've already shared, why not go 100% all in for queer couples? Oh, I'm working on it. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. So you don't want to do that. So why not go in all in, you know, all in now? Why wait? Yeah. I think that I'm really, really happy with my, you know, if you think about your client avatar or your ideal client and who you kind of paint the picture of, this is who I want to book me. 
Well, I'm very, very happy with where I stand on that and who is booking me. So people who are booking me are either queer themselves or very supportive of what I'm doing in the queer space. So yeah, there's no secret about the fact that I am, you know, an advocate for queer inclusion and yeah, my straight couples know that and love that about me. And that's, that's still a selling point, even if they're not queer. I think that Again, maybe if we were to talk about the fact that true inclusion is about bringing everyone along, there is maybe a level of exclusion in saying, well, I only photograph queer couples and I will say no to the hetero couples. I mean, I'm in business. I'm running a business, Andrew. I want to make money. I'm here to turn a profit. If someone walks in the door and says, hey, I'm going to give you some money, I say, great. Well, I've got a great service to offer. So I don't know. Like There is just a level of I'm still being completely upfront with what I stand for and who I want a book. And if someone resonates with that, then why would I turn them away? Sure. 100% agree. So would my assumption be right when I say that, you know, you had predominantly heterosexual straight couples early on in your business and it's sort of slowly transferring across to queer couples and that's where you want to push the business from here? (laughs) Yeah, there's a bit of a story there, Andrew. So (laughs) I grew up Uh, very religious in the church. And I actually started my business when I was still in high school. And the church that I was involved in or the Christian community that I was involved in was very, um, I don't know, it just a lot of young people getting married, people getting married at 18, 19, 20. And so for me at that age, when I started my business, it was very easy to book those Christian church weddings because people my age, my friends and friends of friends were all getting married and saying, oh, let's hire you. Obviously, you kind of get to a point, or I got to a point where I'm like, oh, shit, this is not very, sorry for the swearing, you might need to beep that, I'm not sure. (laughs) You know, this might not be compatible with the fact that I myself am coming to terms with my own identity as a queer gay man. And I obviously, I wasn't out early on, but as I began to come out to the people that mattered, I was like, gosh, this is going to be really tough because so many of my clients, the majority of my clients were within the church community and the church has a real history of being very discriminatory against queer people. So yeah, there was a hard stop. There was the moment in my life and in my business where I said, great, from here, from today, I'm no longer pandering to the white straight Christian clientele that I had built a business on. And instead I want to move toward a more inclusive and um, values aligned brand. And that day came shortly after marriage equality was legislated in Australia. And I thought, this is what I want to do. This is, this is who I am. And these are the people that I want to build a business for. So I think from that point, you know, it really just settled in me that, yeah, I wanted to build a business that made money, but I also want to build a business that makes an impact. And this was an underserved community of people who are getting married and I am perfectly positioned to provide the service that they need. So yeah, there was definitely a moment in time and yeah, it was really tough. Business was really tough for a couple of years. So it was hard to kind of move away from that. You just noticed all of the referrals that you used to get dropped off almost overnight. And I felt like I was starting from scratch, but you know, here I am now and I'm really proud of the business and the brand that I've built. And I'm working with clients who 
choose me for me rather than choosing me for an idea that they have of me. For sure. Mate, that's, I mean, that's incredible. That must have been such a scary thing to do, you know, to actually come out not only yourself but also then with your business because that's going to affect you financially. How long ago was that? It was the beginning of 2018. Yeah. So I, I've actually written a book about it. I've called it Queer Owned. And yeah, essentially it's not just the story of coming out as queer, but also then coming out as a queer owned business. It's kind of two separate coming outs and you can find it on Amazon. It's very niche. It's mainly written for other queer business owners. So if that's something as you're listening and like, oh, that's me, then maybe you want to go check that out. Cool. All right. I'll add a link to that in the show notes as well, Hank. So tell me then, you make that decision when the legislation comes out. What's the first thing you do to become a more inclusive business? Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Hank, you know, you've alluded to the fact that you do some teaching around this subject. Where's the best place to learn more? Yeah, so please head over to hankpaul.co. That is where I've got all my like education resources and you can find more information about my queer wedding ally training there. I have a couple of like free downloads that you can check out as well if you're not quite ready to sign up. But yeah, for the month of June, I'm offering a couple of special kind of pride specials with the training. So head to the website and find out more about those. Fantastic. So that's hankpaul.co.co. I'll add links to that in the show notes. I'll also add links to your social media profiles, your main website, so people can go and check out more of what you do. Hank, you've been amazing, mate. I know I've asked you some curly questions. I felt a little bit uncomfortable at times, especially using the term RGBTQ. <laughs> what a shocker. <laughs> no, thank you, Andrew. You did really well. And I really appreciate just your openness to it. So yeah, this was a lovely conversation. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Hank as much as I did. Hank, if you are listening, again, mate, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing everything you have, for being gentle with me and my questions. <laughs> I am 100% confident there will be so many takeaways for listeners. So again, Hank, thank you so much. For you, the listener, I hope I am right in saying that. I'd love to hear your feedback on today's interview. Are there things that you are going to implement as a result of what Hank shared? Are you going to leave things as they are on your website? If there was one takeaway, what was it for you? I'd love to hear about them. Let me know via email or leave a comment inside the members Facebook group if you're a premium member. I'd love to hear your feedback on this interview. Now, talking about the members Facebook group, I'll be adding Hank into the group. So if you have a follow-up question for Hank, if you want to clarify something, ask a specific question related to your advertising, marketing, website, then you can hit him up inside the group. And in regards to finding him elsewhere, I've got links to anything and everything that Hank mentioned in the show notes for today's episode. You'll find them this week at photobizx.com forward slash 467. Now, in addition to those links, I've got examples of his fantastic work, details of how you can work with Hank, and so much more. It's all there in that one spot. Okay, just before we close out this episode of the podcast, don't forget there is a special running on the 12-month premium membership. It's a great time to get in on the membership or if you are currently paying $20 per month on the monthly membership, this is the perfect chance to jump over and pay 50% less than what you're currently paying. It's $120 for a 12-month membership. 
It's available till Tuesday, midnight Tuesday, and the details are at photobizx.com forward slash holiday special. Yes, the reason I am running the special is because I am going on holidays, and what better reason is there than that? Uh, Also, if you are on the $20 per month membership and you've already made a payment this month, which you would have if you're still yet to sign up for the 12-month membership, let me know via email. Let me know your PayPal email address, and I'm going to credit you back the payment you've made this month. You're effectively getting a 12-month membership for $100, US an absolute, absolute bargain. So again, more details are at photobizx.com forward slash holiday special, or you can check out the link in the show notes for today's episode. Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the podcast. Thanks again to Hank Paul for sharing everything he did. I hope you are safe, healthy, and well wherever you are in the world. Don't go falling off your push bike like I did. (laughs) And if you do, make sure it is a soft landing, not the bitumen, because it hurts. (laughs) You don't bounce very well. All right, again, have a great week. I'll talk to you next week from Girona in Spain. Until then, bye for now. enjoyed this episode head to photobizx.com join the conversation leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with andrew and today's special guest 